Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. All right. So, Max, how about that football game last night? That was a, a barn burner, wasn't it? Oh, my God. It was so exciting. And the halftime special, wasn't that the best one you've seen in, I don't know, ages, really? <clears throat> I don't. Um, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that was great. Yeah. yeah. It was really commercials. Ama- oh, man. My favorite part was when that guy did that thing on that play. Yeah. Oh, but I got the ball. Really, yeah. Yeah. And I got yeah. really sad yeah. when that one guy got got injured because he has to go back to class soon and that's he's gonna be injured now that's really unfortunate that is silly silly rabbit (laughs) everyone knows these guys aren't going to class yeah Um, that's that's true but it it feels like we've been here before right we're we've been doing this podcast for a long time this is i I think if my counting is correct this is episode 155 Um, And it feels like the 155th consecutive time that Alabama and Clemson played each other for the uh, national championship in college football. Yeah, we've been doing this podcast so long that I think when it started, Jalen Hurts was a celebrated uh, national championship caliber quarterback, and he might be again by the end of the night, honestly. Right. right. So we're we're recording this at about 6 o'clock on Monday. The game hasn't kicked off yet. Um, I predict that one of the two teams will win. That's that's my pick for tonight. What are what do you guys say now that I've claimed both teams? Hundred bucks on sinkhole. Oh, that's a spe- that's a nice speculative bet. I think Wait, the odds of whoa. that are about five thousand to one. Uh, they're better than that because they're playing at the the Levi Stadium oh. where the 49ers oh. play and nobody watches them. So if there's a sinkhole, there won't be anybody. So what you're saying is they're more like five to one. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is a sinkhole if the Niners play there because they're trash. <laughs> um, but so so uh, there's been a long run up to to these games. They played the the semifinals. Um, they played the semifinal games about 10 days ago. Something like that. They but, played them on a weird day. But really, it feels like the semifinals were actually the championship last year. We, we've played the whole season. We, you know, Well, we've watched the whole season. Uh, pretty much knowing deep down in our bones <clears throat> that it was going to end this way. It was going to be Alabama and Clemson 1-2 and two, playing for the national championship. And that has inspired a whole uh, a whole host of uh, takes from people. Uh, a lot of them in the media, uh, and a lot of them just you know fans talking about how this is a bad thing, um, talking about this as the evidence that we need to expand the playoff to eight teams. Just generally griping and bitching about the fact that the same teams are playing for the championship for the third time in four years. Um, The only problem with that is these people are all idiots. They're wrong. Yeah. Um, And, and for, and for the record, they also played last year, not for the championship, but it, you know, the winner of that game was going to win the championship. Um, That is true. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, I would start off by, in some ways, you know, Max, I think you are the the kind of most, uh, you know, casual of, of 
NCAA football watchers of of the three of us, I mean, are you phased at all by the idea of what is I'll call it what it is the two best teams in the nation playing each other at the that the, the you know pit at the ultimate point of the season? Are you bothered by that at all? Um, <clears throat> I'm not bothered by it, but there is something about college basketball and March Madness that entertains me a lot more. Like, the prospect mm. of and anything can happen definitely keeps my interest. Um, but what which is the... interesting, because in general, I'd say I, I, I prefer watching football to basketball. Sure. But but I, I'm not terribly interested in this championship game. But if, if it were different teams, I don't know that I would be any more so. I, I don't think it bothers me. I mean, if they're the best teams, they should be they should be playing, right? I mean, but yeah, then, but then, how? My... But it does, it does beg the question of like, why are they the best teams? And and hmm. I, I don't know enough about the structure of of college football, but it, it seems like is there? I mean, do they have caps and things, or can one team just can one school just be like, oh, we're going to have the best team, and they're just going to make a ton of money and do it? Well, that that is the case. Uh, it is. It's not a, a not an explicit salary cap. Like, uh, like, how much does Nick Saban get paid? A lot of money. A whole lot of money. I don't know the exact. He's, he's got to be the highest paid um, state civil employee. servant in the state, right? Yeah. Oh, the yes. oh, this the highest paid public employee in basically every state is either the flagship institution's football or basketball coach. Yeah, like I think yeah, pretty much without exception. Uh, there um, might be one or two, maybe like, like Alaska. Uh, well, some university presidents make a lot of money. Um, sure. Uh, they're, they're, like the state of Vermont, I wouldn't be surprised if it, it, like a state like that sometimes mm-hmm. we will have. But yeah, I mean, that's that's true. I mean, the other thing, Max, is there's you can only have so many people on an active roster and you, right. you gave them scholarships and that gets them to come and you can only give out so many. But I mean, there are people who walk on at, at certain colleges because they want to play there, and they will, they will pay basically to be on the team if they can walk on. So, and the way you do, then the thing that draws you to do that is being a like a championship caliber program like Alabama. <clears throat> I mean, you know, to your question about why they're the best, uh, it's sort of a, a self fulfilling prophecy. They they do the best. So they get the best recruits because people want to go play for Nick Saban and Davos Winnie. And so because they get the best recruits, they do the best in the field. And so they get the best recruits and so on and so on and so on. Um, but, you know, it, it hasn't always been this way. You know, uh, there was a period, the early 2000s, Alabama was actually kind of terrible. Um, they were. And, and Clemson... You know, Clemson is certainly a football school, but they haven't always been, a, you know, a dominant power. You know, we've had eras where uh, where Florida was great. You know, Chris Leak and Tim Tebow were, were unbelievable college quarterbacks. We've had lots of really great Ohio State teams over the last 20 years, uh, coached by a notable dirtbag. Um, and that, so that... Jim me, Trestle? <laughs> uh that to me is the biggest thing is that uh, you know we're we're seeing the two best teams play each other tonight i don't think anybody would particularly dispute that but the people who are who are arguing that this is bad and this is boring they're the same people who ta- who wanted a playoff they're the same people who talk about we want to see the best teams play for the championship like you can't you can't have it both ways 
Yeah. And, and you know, if you're coming out and, and using, you know, Ali Frazier 17, as I termed this game a couple of days ago, as uh, as an excuse for why we now need to go further and expand the playoff to to eight teams. To that I say, um, if if the teams that made the playoff couldn't beat Alabama and Clemson, how can you possibly expect like, Florida to do it? And I know I know Georgia came within you know a, a disastrous fake punt call of beating Alabama in the SEC championship, but you know they also had help from a, an injury to Tua during the game. So like I, I just I don't I don't think this argument holds water, and uh, I think there's also a, a, a problem with tunnel vision here where people are talking about this like it is a phenomenon that is unique to college football over the last five years. And it's not. This is a thing that is happening in every sport. There is no parody. We talk a lot of, you know, we sports fans love to talk about parody. And, you know, the last 15 years of the New England Patriots suggest that there is no real parody in the NFL. You know, they uh, lose sometimes, but not the, often. Between between LeBron James and the Golden State Warriors over the last 10 years, you know, we're accounting for basically all of the championships. Or not not LeBron over the last 10, but over the last what, 7 years Six. since he so, went to I mean, Miami. I mean, um, even over the last ten, it, it's it's him or Golden State plus uh, a a fluke. Um, uh, what's it called? Team? Uh, I guess yeah, to, yeah. I mean, it's it's like the Spurs and then them, and then one year where the right. Mavs won. It's I, you know, it. in in every major European club soccer league, there are a maximum <clears throat> of four teams that have a shot to win in any given year, and really, it's more like two. Yeah, I, I just I, I think. I think people are losing sight of the fact that we're going to get a really great football game tonight. Yeah. So, I mean, and one one thing you mentioned is, like, adding an extra game. What's, what's that really doing? I mean, Max, if, if you and I were – okay, if we were playing Smash Brothers and you beat me the first four games, I wouldn't go, let's play best of nine. It's like, no, <laughs> there doesn't need to be any more games. We know that you're better than me. Right. Um, I mean – I mean, can I guess one game? I don't think solves it, except for it. It, it adds to the the chances of uh, Tua getting getting hurt, for instance, and maybe affecting games. I mean, he got hurt. Was it? It was. It was in the the SEC title game, right? Yeah. So, well, he yeah. So he he left a few games yeah. with injuries. Like he left for a couple series against LSU and against Mississippi State. But but, but he was notably one, hurt in that game. Correct. Which is, you know, which is effectively a pointless game. Like we knew that these teams were really good. Um, it didn't. It didn't do anything except for Alabama was going to well, be in the playoff regardless. Georgia money played itself the, out and print money oh. for the two schools. Okay, and, and print the money. SEC is a conference and of, ESPN. of which of which or, they all, CBS. Yeah, of which they all already have plenty of, <laughs> right. of money. It's sure. not. It's not like they're hurting. So. I mean, I definitely see your point, which is that there there isn't a lot of parity. I would say that, uh, as you mentioned, professional sports. Um, uh, 
I do think sometimes with with things like hockey, you have you have some parity, um, and and you do in in maybe baseball. But baseball is weird because you'll have someone who who makes a feels like makes a small run in the playoffs. Occasionally, the Tigers will be good, but anyway, baseball is covered in cash. All the markets there's there's really no such thing as a small market. So. Maybe it's it's less that there's parity as in people just some years realize, oh, I have tons of money. I can make this happen. Well, and think about the New York Yankees of the 1990s. I mean, they were a dynasty. Yeah. And, and even, I mean, even in college basketball, what I contend is the most exciting American sporting event, like, you know, it, it's not so much for the champions, but there's there's a rotating cast of like 10 teams that get one seeds in any given year. You know, yeah. we we as Virginia alumni are are extremely fortunate that we've like entered that realm. Like we're one yeah. of those ten teams now. But it's Carolina, it's Duke, it's uh, it's not UCLA Kansas. anymore because right, it's Kansas. Kansas. It's not UCLA because Kareem Abdul-Jabbar isn't walking through that door. But it's Michigan State. You know, um, and and so I think that. I think that we're we're kind of losing the forest for the trees. I, I love underdogs. I was I was born and raised to to love a good upset. But in order to have that upset, you have to have someone that's being upset. Yeah. And the upsets get even sweeter <clears throat> if they deliver us from this dark ages of, of you know a, a dynasty dominating, you know. Uh, Nick Foles is a folk hero not just because he won the Eagles a Super Bowl, but because he beat Tom Brady to do it. Yeah. Tom Brady, who became a folk hero in 2002 when the uh, when the Patriots won the Super Bowl against the greatest show on turf, who looked like they were going to be the dynasty that ruled football for a long time. You dynasty know, and, that and, lasted one year, right? And I so, but that's a good point. It it la- it happens even with what look like impending dynasties. And think about when LeBron and Chris Bosh went to Miami. Their loss to the scrappy Dallas Mavericks was in their first season together. So, you know, just having that moment of. Well, this looks like the evil empire forming on the horizon, but all of a sudden Brian Cardinal is going to start making threes. Like that's amazing. Yeah, you I know? mean, this this is true. I mean, they stole the plans to the Death Star, but they still built the Death Star. Right, you I have mean, to have the Death Star, you know, if if the uh if the Rebel Alliance <laughs> had destroyed the, you know, uh non-fatal maiming star like that wouldn't have been as impressive yeah or if or if the death star never existed there's no there's no cool movie to talk about i mean right you kind of have to build up these these villains or or great people um so max i i know you mentioned the ncaa tournament and and sean you've talked about being really exciting Uh, is the for you max is the is the exciting part i mean i i think i know the answer but is the exciting part the beginning of the tournament or the end of the tournament and and why is it you know the one that you prefer ah the whole thing is exciting um i guess the beginning of the tournament is more exciting because there's just more of everything 
Yeah, yeah. Can, can I and offer... like each game is like yeah the championship game's exciting but for a lot of these schools even the first round game is like their championship and you can tell yes. watching it and then these are just kids playing on the national stage I mean it's, every game is exciting literally so let me let me offer a, a multi part theory that I sort of just was just kind of turning through my head as you were talking so one is exactly what you just said there are a lot of schools that you know win like the america east and this is their one time of year that they're on tv and so that's a big deal mm-hmm. there's also i mean there are there are so many more there are like three times as many division one basketball teams as there are fbs football programs yeah and and so you know i mean we we all know that the selection committee has this terribly difficult time deciding who should be in the tournament and how to seed them. I mean, there there's historical, you know, the five twelve, you know, the five twelve upset is a thing because for time immemorial, the the people who who are in charge of developing the bracket have proved you know, to have a tough time with, like, where to seed certain teams. And and so everything is a little more random. I don't think we've seen, you know, this goes back to what I was saying earlier. Like, we haven't seen anything, you know, in the fossil record to suggest that, you know, um, not Oklahoma, Oklahoma made the playoff, uh, that Ohio State or Florida or UCF um, uh, those are the other teams that were, you know, in the in the five through eight spots in the final playoff rankings. Like those teams couldn't hang with Clemson and Alabama. There's no way. Well, and and also I would point out you mentioned the five and twelve thing. You know, Max, if if you if if we were at spelling bee and I told you that the forty eighth ranked spelling bee person beat the 20th ranked spelling bee person would you be phased by that would you be like wow incredible i mean i don't know that's a pretty good upset but no i I don't think what kind of action can we get on that (laughs) yeah (laughs) well the thing is is that's what if that's what a 512 game is if you know i'm I'm not here for math that's that's you two and the intern but that's that's my quick math is is like you have a five seed is you know maybe the 20th best team playing the 48th best team potentially well if but the thing so the thing about that is is not it's not exactly it's that we think that that's what that means but it's not actually the case. Historically, <clears throat> 5 seeds and 6 seeds are power conference teams that aren't actually that good, but they make it because they have a couple quality wins See, and they have a big yeah. name whereas the 11 and 12 seeds are like the best of the automatic bid league conference champions. Yeah. And ex- I mean, so there's exactly. A, a fundamental. There's like an information yeah. mismatch there. So maybe, maybe part of it is, and you know, I think the beginning of the tournament is is you know really exciting, Max. You know, I, I'd agree with you. That's the more exciting part. But when you get down to it, you know, the the brass tacks, so to speak, of, of later on, you know, it, it still ends up being the the best teams. Now, Marymount was at the no Loyola. Loyola Chicago. Chicago, yeah, like that seems to be an outlier. But when you when you look back at stuff, it's like uh, those those VCU teams. 
they're actually just really damn good basketball teams. They happen to be seeded weirdly. I mean, when Villanova won, now that's before before our time, but you know that to me that one maybe sticks out the most. And they talk about it being a really big upset and everything in large part because they beat Georgetown, who was the power. But we get really excited about upsets, but it seems that we get excited about them until they start disrupting the balance of power like that that 12 seed that gets the sweet 16 that's really cool but it's like i still want to see kansas play kentucky let's not get this right well and and you also you you kind of get a a short version of that on those first days of the tournament when people start bitching about their brackets yeah you know people it's almost not even that people want to see kansas play kentucky as they want to be right about predicting that kansas would play kentucky yeah, we want the we want the cash. I mean, it's cool that they're upsets, but only if they go with you know my path to the cash, exactly. Um, or or your what what whatever. Maybe it's you know maybe it's Venmo, so it's not real money to you. But uh, it's, <laughs> I mean, in that way, Max is is maybe this this idea of upsets kind of do you do you think it's real or do you think it's kind of fabricated? Because you do have sixty four teams going all at once. No, I mean I think that there's. Maybe it's fabricated because a lot of people that tune into the tournament aren't really aware of the intricacies of how the rankings work, and they see a number one and a number eight, and they say, wow, that team is so much better than that team. Um, yeah, there's just, there, there is, it's, it's an information mismatch. It's people on, it, basically everyone on both sides of the, we're the ones seeding the tournament and we're the ones observing the seeds after they come out. Everybody on both sides of that split like doesn't really understand what a 5 versus 12 means or like what makes somebody a 7 seed and not a 9 seed. Yeah. So but 1 through 4 seems really simple. I mean, it's it's really straightforward. Maybe it's unnecessary. Maybe we could just say as we've seen 1 and 2 should just play each other at the end and we can save these guys a you know a broken leg or something but uh, yeah i mean in a lot of ways i i think this is just a simplification and we're there should never be 64 teams playing each other in football because that's how many games is that that's two that's six games that they're gonna have to play if if you're a winner and no one should no one should play six football games. That's just not, not a thing that should happen. <laughs> no one should play 12, but they already do right. that. No one Much should play less six eight, more. like 18 now. Yeah, and I just... Weirdly, even though there are many fewer games, uh, there's a certain confidence by the time you get to, you know, late November. It's like, yep, these are the, these are the two best teams. Um, but I would say, you know... We don't see the the underdogs winning a lot in football, but this is kind of the the last bigger thought I had. UCF of late has been kind of frisky, but I would point to Boise State and specifically their Tostitas Bowl win some number of years ago, which is the iconic thing. Is that was was that so different? Was that really a Villanova moment, or or were they just kind of entering like Gonzaga? Were they entering the big stages? Like, no, this is actually a team that can hang with the big boys now. They're entering the, maybe not quite the Texases, but, you know, the Nebraskas. And actually, those are both huge programs. But those, they are now in that top tier of, yeah, these, they're going to be here every year. It's a fascinating question because as I, as I kind of 
sit here at my desk and consider upsets in football versus upsets in basketball, you know, we make a bigger deal of upsets in basketball. But I think that I think they that don't disrupt the foundation. Is, I think right, right. They're not only that; they're an integral part of the foundation. I think that an upset in football is way more impressive because you know you just you have so many more players on the roster. There's so much more of a, like a physical dominance aspect to it. We're just like Alabama should just grind every team into a pulp, and for the most part, they do. I mean, we watched them shut out two talented SEC West teams in a row in primetime. Like, no one does that except them. So, you know, maybe we all should have been more more wowed by Boise State beating, I think it was Oklahoma in that Fiesta Bowl. Yeah, well, um, Bob Stoops, though, you know, you know how <laughs> right. that is. But uh, I, I feel like I, I should say, I am not, I'm not opposed, I'm actually not opposed to <coughs> having an eight-team playoff for football, or maybe even a 16-team, if, if <coughs> we were to essentially replace two non-conference games with playoff games. I, I, I'm not. I'm not in favor of adding more to it. I'm not in favor of adding more games to the season, just generally. But it's not. It's not that I have a problem with expansion. I just don't. I actually don't think expansion helps us answer the question of who the best team is. And I, I don't. I can't imagine. You know, outside of the increased possibility of injuries upsetting the apple cart. I can't imagine any number of teams, you know, in a playoff this year. If all, you know, if a whole season were the playoff, if this whole season were the playoff, who are the two teams that haven't lost yet? It's uh, Alabama and Clemson. Yeah. It's the two teams that are playing at the end. I can't envision <clears throat> any number of college football teams participating in a playoff this year where we don't end up with this championship matchup barring uh, you know an unexpected injury so i just I, I think that you know if you want if you want to say let's expand the playoff to eight teams because we think it'll be more exciting or or we think that a team like UCF that runs riot on a group of five schedule for two years deserves a little bit of recognition of being able to say we made the playoff. I, I'm fine with that. Just don't don't come to me with this is going to help us better determine who the best team is because it's not. All, all I know is this, and, and Max, you'll back me up with this. I, am I correct in saying that ACC teams with orange in their color palette playing SEC teams with, with a dark red in their color palette have done really good this football postseason? Am I right they, by that? They, I, I believe they have in bowl games, yeah. Yeah, have, has the deep red colored school scored any points yet on the, the I orange don't, colored I, school? I don't believe they have. Are uh, you acknowledging the existence of a certain football program? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm talking about Clemson and Alabama and, and maybe some other teams. I just saw the colors. I didn't know who they were. <laughs> All right. Tennessee and the ACC now. <laughs> All right. So, uh, if you have thoughts on uh, 
underdogs, upsets, dynasties. Uh, you want to talk about why we're wrong and, and you know, Clemson, Alabama three, really Clemson, Alabama four, but Clemson, Alabama title game three is a bad thing. Um, come find us on Facebook or Twitter at Pretty Okay Pod and let us know what you think. Yeah. While we wait for your hate mail, uh, we will move on to our recurring segment, Pierce is Sorry, in which our, our friend unburdens himself of, of something weighing on his conscience. What are you apologizing for this week? So, I, I will pause. So, actually, no, I'm going to ask Max this question first, because he is our, our official um, sweet treat and pastry uh, uh, knowledge haver. Um, uh, Max, if you... If you were given a a cream filled custard, whatever filled donut, and um, and you only wanted to eat half of it, how would you cut it? So if I was given a Boston cream donut, yes, and I wanted to eat half it's of it, it's just a cream donut. But yeah, yeah, well, I, would, I guess I'd cut it in half. Yeah, but how would you cut it in half? That's that's really what I'm asking. Would you cut it through the the part? Are where you asking the... if I'd cut it like a bagel? No, 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 no! Come on, come on! This is a, I'm not I'm not a psychopath, okay? I, I'm saying you can cut it one of two ways. It's you can cut it kind of straight down so that you're splitting that opening where they put the cream in, or would you do it the other way? So equatorial or or oh. kind of long, uh, longitudinal? I don't even know that I'd consider that. Okay, I mean the so what, proper answer is that you shouldn't you, you shouldn't do that with a filled donut. But, yeah, I guess I, if, I guess gonna, if I thought about it, I'd line up the knife with the hole exactly. so that That's it what doesn't I would do too. potentially like explode on the other side. But I wouldn't. <laughs> All right, so now I'm apologizing <laughs> for a number of things. So today, <laughs> this very day, um, nice. someone someone brought in District Donuts, which is a place I think you've both been to. Yes, um, they've got they've got good they've got pretty good donuts, and I've had them before, and. I got to the donuts a little bit later, and all they had left were cream-filled donuts. And I wanted a cream-filled donut, but it just so happens that I also brought in focaccia to share with with people at work today. And I had already had some, so I'm like, I can't, I can't have focaccia, which is like a savory donut in some ways because there's a lot of fat going on um, and just really goodness. Uh, and this donut, so I went over there and thought forever about which way to cut the donut. Do I do it? equatorial or longitudinal so first of all i apologize because i cut it equatorial and and of course then i realized as i started eating i'm like this is not this is not the thing to do because then you can't really enjoy this donut as it was supposed to be enjoyed when you cut it this way so really what i'm sorry for is you know just desecrating donuts don't don't cut donuts okay just eat the damn donut if you want a donut eat the donut and you deal with it so I apologize for not eating the damn donut. Um, well, I apologize for cutting the donut. That's really what it was. I could have not eaten the donut, but that just cutting donuts. What is wrong with me? Philistine to the, to the greatest degree. I apologize. I don't know. That clicking sound was me flipping on the hot apologies now sign. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, they're ready, folks. Yes, they are. Uh, so uh, we'll close the show with a big idea from pop culture and you know, I feel like most of the time that I do this, I'm, I'm either talking about a podcast or a TV show. And I could do that with both of those things this week. Um, this morning, I listened to uh, 
South Beach Sessions, which is a new podcast from Dan Lebitard. He did an interview with Jamel Hill that I found very fascinating. She's a, a really, uh, she's a notably interesting person. Um, or TV, uh, The Good Place in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, both of which I love, are, are back uh, and are, are doing great work. I guess Brooklyn Nine-Nine is later this week um, in its NBC debut. Uh, but I'm, I'm here to talk about actually going and doing something in the world. I did an escape room the other day. Oh, I did one of those recently too. This was not my first escape room. I think oh. it was number number three, but it just it was fun. I, I I spent some time with some friends that I I had not uh, had not done a good enough job of keeping in touch with over the last few months, and you know we had a good time. We immersed ourselves in a in a a thrilling story and solved some puzzles and escaped the room. It was it was a lot of fun. So. Uh, wow. They have one yeah. of those in Charlottesville? There are two escape room places in Charlottesville. Actually, Char- Charlottesville is very much a place for escape rooms. This, this is interesting. I was, <laughs> I was actually going to propose, and maybe we can revisit this, but uh, Kevin, as, as I think you both know, really likes puzzles. He's, when he's not talking to you and looking at his phone, he's definitely doing a crossword puzzle. So I told him that he should do one. So maybe we need to do some research as a group and then discuss what's good about escape room because I think Sean, you're not the biggest retreat yeah you're you're not the greatest games person so the fact that you have enjoyed them multiple times is uh interesting. well i am not necessarily like a board game person but i love puzzles i yeah. i i really love puzzles and i love my compendium of useless knowledge um so so i i think i'm, I'm actually pretty well suited for them mm, um yeah but you know if if you've got a, a group of, you know, if somebody is asking you to go check out an escape room, uh, you should do that. And if you're looking for a group activity and haven't done an escape room before, but, you know, are, are vaguely curious, I would say check it out. It, it can be a lot of fun. Yeah. I've never done one and I do want to try them, but you should ask to see if they have their um, fire inspection. Oh, yeah, this is true. What's that now? Uh, some people died. Oh, are you talking about the the movie Escape Room? No, no, I'm talking about an Escape Room. Yeah, was it? It wasn't in the United States, was it? No, it was in Poland, I believe. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't. I cannot vouch for the fire safety of Polish escape rooms. <laughs> wow. No, that and and we and we call ourselves experts. <laughs> the It's Pretty Okay podcast does not vouch for the fire safety of any escape room, Polish or otherwise. Um. But there's also, there is a movie that came out, I think, over the weekend called Escape Room. Yeah. Where people are in an escape room, but plot twist, it's real and it's dangerous and there's fire. So, I, you know, I made a... Saw with a puzzles. Por- por- yes. <laughs> but PG-13. Saw already has puzzles. <laughs> That's the I, whole point. I, I right. But, it, but it's a, a PG-13 saw. There's no, oh. uh, apparently there's no, you know, gratuitous gore. Which I'm terrible. fine with because I'm not a gore guy. We've talked, you know, we talked about horror movies a few weeks ago, so That's true. <clears throat> I'm, I'm already on the record with that one. Um, okay, that is the end of the show. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter at Pretty Okay Pod or at our home on the web at www.prettyokaypod.com. Uh, while you're there, Pierce just published a. Uh, a, a very extensive rundown of the concerts that he went to in 2018. 
Yeah. Uh, it was a, a, a pleasure to, to read and edit and post on the site. Um, I, I, you know, I saw some of the same yeah. artists. I think I, I saw one or two of them with you. Yes. Um, but it, you know, it was, it was very, it was interesting to me to see how you organize them in your head. Um, and, and you know, as someone who, who I think wishes he spent a little more time, uh, thinking and writing about music, you know, I, I, I'm a little jealous that you got to it first. Um, so go check that out. Yeah. It's somehow it's, it's like a, it's like a billion words, but I only wrote about a sentence on each act I saw. <laughs> so, um, that, that goes to show you. Yeah. But it was a lot of fun and I'm, I'm glad other people can take a look at it. Yeah, it's it's not an intimidating length, so you know it'll it'll take you a few minutes to get through, but it won't disrupt your whole day. Um, at any rate, uh, whether you do that or not, you can also subscribe to the show feed, so you get our episodes every week on your device of choice. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, as far as I can tell, most other places that you listen to podcasts. Uh, if you do that, please do us a favor: leave a rating, review, comment, that sort of thing, or. If you got a friend who you think might be interested in what we're doing, tell them about the show. We would love to share it with them as well. We will be back again next week, as always, to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max. Thanks for listening. Bye. Yeah.